10 minutes, 10 days, 10 actions is brought to you by Two Summit Up. Expert sales tips and advice provided in a structured, bite-sized way for only £97. Learn how to improve your processes with 10-minute podcasts provided each day for 10 days, which you can listen to from the comfort of your own home, office, or whilst out and about. For more information, visit 2summitup.co.uk forward slash 10 actions. Hi there, Elaine Addison here, and thanks for tuning in to To Sum It Up, Pay It Forward podcast, where I have the greatest pleasure of speaking to a small business owner and hearing about their why behind their business. What have they learned along the way? They're going to share that with us too, and they also get the opportunity to pay it forward and thank someone that has helped them on their journey. So stay tuned in to hear who today's guest is going to be. Hi there, everybody. Elaine here. I've got a lovely, lovely guest with me today, and that is Paul Fairlong, who is the founder of Opus Media. So hi, Paul. How are you doing? Hi, Elaine. I'm very well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good, actually. Really good. Yeah, just had a week off, so always better for that, actually. Yeah, all good. So we're going to jump in, as I always do. Um, We're going to talk about your business today. And the first question I always ask people is, we've all got a reason why we started our business. So what's yours? Well, mine goes back to when I was very little. And uh, my brother and I would play make-believe for hours and hours on end. And this is because my parents have moved us out to a very rough part of the city to give us a few more opportunities. But in doing so, they had spent, they would spend all of the money that came in from their jobs. Uh, Mum had five jobs and dad had two. All of that money would go on paying the mortgage, uh, putting food on the table. So in our house, there was very little furniture and there was there were no carpets in most of the rooms. Uh, and there was certainly no money to, to spend on toys for my brother and I. So we would play make-believe and that, that might have been snapping a stick off one of the trees in the garden and, and using that as swords or, I don't know, putting a scarf on and, and that would become a, a cape. So um, we, we'd make believe. And um, before bed every night, Dad would read us stories from his childhood, from the books that he'd kept from, from when he was little um, because there was no money to buy new books. Um, so these were stories that had stood the test of time, uh, like Swallows and Amazons and Lord of the Rings and, and The Hobbit and stuff like that. And then if there was ever any spare cash in the house, Mum and Dad would take us to do what they would love to do when they were very little, uh, sorry, when, when they were dating, um, which was go to the cinema. Uh, and this was would happen only very occasionally. So it was a very special occasion for us to go to the cinema. And we'd go and see these stories play out on, on the big screen. And it didn't matter what the film was. It didn't matter if it was any good. But when the experience came to an end, apparently I would burst into floods of oh, tears. Oh, no. And, <laughs> and, and just cry because, because the experience was over. Um, and then the, the stories that either we'd, we'd had at bedtime, the stories that we'd seen play on the big screen, then make their way into our, to our make-believe play. And then I remember very, very distinctly when I was 11, mum and dad showed me the film Editor's Hands. Have you, I don't know if you've seen that, Elaine. Have you seen Editor's Hands? I have many years ago, but yes, I have. Yeah. It, it's, it's a brilliant film. It had such a profound effect on me. Um, I mean, it's, it's a great story, but it's a very simple story. But it wasn't just the story. It was how the story was told. It was how the... Uh, how the, the music helped to tell the story, how the, mm. uh, the, the set design helped to tell the story, how the, the costume design helped us to tell the story. All of those elements made this very simple story just pop out the screen. And, and it was at that point that I said to myself, I am going to 
tell stories on the big screen wow. or on the small screen. I'm going to tell stories for a living. So for the next couple of years, maybe um, three, four years, I spent every moment I had when I wasn't doing homework or schoolwork or musical instrument practice or, or playing playing make-believe with my brother, I would spend working out how films were made and there, there wasn't really internet at that, that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was researching how you made films. I knew what Gaffer did, I knew what Best Boy did, I, I knew everything. And I was absolutely obsessed with, with how films were made. Then was uh, when I was about 15 or so, as good parents do, my parents uh, asked me to focus on getting a proper job and uh, <laughs> suggested that because I was good at science, that I focus on on science. And, and so I, I dropped my dream of um, making films and, and television and, and moving images on, on screen. And I, I focused on maths, chemistry, biology, physics at A-level and went off to Newcastle University and, and did a degree in physiological science. So if you want to know how the, the structure of any of your organs relates to its function, then I'm happy to talk to you about that later <laughs> You can on. make a film about um, it. <laughs> Yeah, at some point. Um, but, but about two years into my degree, I thought, you know what, this, this isn't what I want to be doing. I want to be telling stories. I want to be making films. So in my second summer back home, I got all my mates together and we made a film. And we didn't know what we were doing, but we got we got hired some cameras and we, we worked out how to do it. And we made a short film called Perfect and Loneliness. And that was, to that date, the absolute best experience that I'd ever had. And we we put on a premiere, we wrote a press pack, and we did it properly. We, we made this film. And I went back to uni and I finished my degree and I made another short film the next year. And it was brilliant. And off the back of that, as soon as I finished uni, I walked straight into a job in television. Yeah. And well. I, I directed 54 episodes of TV. I've right. made some short films that have, that have won awards throughout Europe. I, I've even been to the Cannes Film Festival with a short film. Last year, I won a Royal Television Society Award for Best Film. And I founded Opus Media, which uh, makes um, uh, corporate films and corporate photography and, and TV adverts for companies so that I can tell their stories on on screen to help them uh, generate more business as well. So that's a really long-winded way, Elaine, of, of telling you the reason why I started my business. It helps me on a day-to-day basis tell stories um, because there are powers in, there, there is power in stories to, uh, to help companies um, to make more more money and, and, and yeah. have, have an effect on, on their on their clients. Well, I've got to be perfectly honest, Paul. I mean, that that is who you are, isn't it? So yes. I totally get it why you why your story is so important, isn't it? Because it's gosh, it's driven you. It's done everything to to create this business for you, hasn't it? And the passion yeah. there in it, and it's what dreams are made of, really, isn't it? Because let's face it, there's a lot of people. Uh, when they were younger and imaginary things that they did or not even just imagine escapism things that they did with families and their childhood uh there's there's many flashes of moments you think oh i'd love to do this when i'm older but um actually most people don't don't get to do it and you've got to do it um you, you know your career's taken you there so wonderful and i have heard the story um and it, it is such a powerful story so i totally get get you and why you do what you do and why you're so passionate about it um, i didn't know you know the, the cans bit though and this is all very yeah. impressive so yeah. yes you probably need Quite to shout loud about some, that some stories there for another day i think yes well let's make a note of that one definitely so obviously from a client point of view then when people come to you uh, you know the, people come to any of us for solutions and something that they're looking for an outcome what 
generally i mean i know there's probably quite a range of things that people go to you for but just give us some examples of why people go to you and how you help them okay well i suppose as we've just talked about we know that there are there is power in stories um mm. in the way that they make us feel and the way they they help us to remember things from uh, the extraordinary to the everyday our experiences are made up of all the stories that we tell and all the stories that we hear and at opus we tell stories for brands we use our skills and the to to craft narratives that reach out to audiences uh, to create impact and experiences that last forever and there's four principles that we use to do this um, to connect people to your brand the first one is not surprisingly storytelling because storytelling is what connects us as humans and for brands that's no different so our work converts thoughts and feelings into results and revenue so that uh, you can tell your story um, to effectively position your brand in the minds and hearts of your audience the second one is using the power of production so obviously my background being in film and television i can bring all of that experience of, of production um, to create something that's really polished and professional um, to to your brand to bring your brand to life and to connect with your audience in a way that that makes a lasting impression. But then the third one is that we optimize your influence because it's our job to deliver results for your business. So it wouldn't sit right for us just to hand over your content and expect you to take it from there. So we provide you with the tools to optimize your reach and influence on your audience and explore new ways to help you extend your reach while ensuring that your story leaves that lasting impression mm. at the right place, at the right yeah. moment. And then the fourth way mm. that we do it is we embrace your culture because the culture of your company is what drives it forward and we understand the importance of maintaining this in a way to engage with your team. Um, so they're the ways that we do it and, and obviously that, that is through video and through corporate photography. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, um, and it, it is, yeah, so, so important, isn't it? I mean, even just, you know, in the, in the process, the sales processes that I talk about with people, it absolutely all starts with their branding and who they are. It's, and and I think actually it's it's, it's surprising or, or is it I don't know that is the bit quite often people when they start a business they struggle with the most is they <clears> sort of know why they started it but then it's it when it we ask the question of how do you want all the people to see you what what will their view look like what does that feel like to them and does that fit right with ethically and morally who you are and you pull all that together it's it's actually quite a big undertaking isn't it really to to one for people to identify it and then two to to actually do something with it which is obviously what you do is is a massive thing isn't it you must get some amazing moments when you've done that for people um, and that's my next question really is is there a story a standout story that you where you did something for a client or and they they were just blown away with what you did yeah, I think I think there's probably a few um, that that really spring to mind. Um, I think there's, um, there's I think my favourite that I've ever worked on um, for a client was for for me was when we when we shot a TV advert for Subway. That that was my my favourite for me because it was so almost chaotic in terms of <laughs> everything that could possibly go wrong the day before went wrong, and we went from having uh, twelve hours to shoot it across four locations to having only six hours to shoot it across four locations. Right. <laughs> um, and I was managing a, a crew of 60. Um, oh. and it, it was, it, it was, it was brilliant and crazy and, um, and we pulled it off and, and no one would have known any different. So I, I love that 
But I think where we've made the biggest difference to clients, um, there's, there's probably two where, where I look back with, with real pride um, over and above everything else. And one was for um, We're All Well Made, um, which is um, the, for the part of the We're All Growth Company. Um, we helped them along with um, a design agency in Liverpool. They were looking for uh, a billion pound investment to go into the We're All Growth Company. Oh. And so along with the design agency, uh, we, we created a film, the design agency created a brochure and, and helped them to put together a talk and a, a speech. And this comes down to, I think, t- targeting as well, which is part of what we do around the optimization. If we'd have just kind of popped this out there onto telly or we'd pop this out onto the internet, it just wouldn't have worked. We had to find the right people at the right place at the right time. So yeah. um, the, the film and the, the, the brochure and the talk, we was taken to Mippin in the South of France to the, the investment um, event that, that happens down there. And along with the, the brochure and the, the film and, and the talk, um, it delivered the, the billion pound investment. Wow. And you think, you think about what a billion pound on the world could do. Absolutely. Um, oh my God. That, that's going to make a huge difference to, to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and, and that's as a result of the film that we made. So uh, very proud that we were able to deliver a billion pounds because um, that's, that's no short feat. No. Um, and there's, there's another one that we did um, for, for the Engage Road Safety campaign. Uh, and it, it, wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't a fun job, let's put it that way. Uh, we spent time interviewing parents of teenagers who'd been killed in road traffic collisions. Mm-hmm. And it was um, a campaign where the, the parents were so brave that they would sit in front of the camera and tell us their stories of how their children have been killed. And um, in order that those films were then shown around schools around the country so that the, the young people who were learning to drive could then kind of see what happened and see the, the devastation that that caused to families and to parents yeah. in the hope that they would think before they got behind the wheel and just take it a little bit easier so that the same thing wouldn't happen to their families and their parents in case they Mm. uh, got into the the similar situation. So I think even if that makes a difference to one family, Mm. then that'll be a big difference that we've made. So that's not a financial uh, difference that we've made there, but that's that's hopefully a a big life-changing difference that that can make. Yeah, no, without doubt. Oh gosh, yeah. So when we start a business, Paul, you know, we wear a lot of hats, don't we? Let's face it. And um, some of those hats were like, oh, yeah, I'm really liking this hat. This suits me and I wear it well. And others we think, yeah, not loving this one. It's sort of over my ears, over my eyes and not my favorite. So honesty time, which is the bit that's running a business that you don't really like much. I hate cold calling. Ah, <laughs> Um, picking up the phone and ringing anybody is all well I know we, I'll tell I'll share with you in a minute this is really embarrassing but I'll share with you in a minute where this stems from I know exactly where where it stems from but picking up the phone for me and ringing anybody out of the blue has always been has always been an issue for me um, whether it, like to begin with whether it was ringing the bank uh, and speaking to someone out of the blue and just that initial introduction just to get that initial kind of warmed up element having to explain myself just right off the bat um, has always been uh, difficult for me. I'm getting a lot better at it now. I still hate cold calling. Um, yeah. And if anyone else can do it for me, then then I'm quite happy. And actually, thankfully now, 
uh, I don't have to do that anymore. Um, I'm quite happy to get on the phone as soon as it's warmed up. So yeah. the second phone call, I'm quite happy if someone's referred business into me, no issue. As soon as I've got that element where I can go, hi, so-and-so, uh, so-and-so has given me a number um, to talk to you about this, I'm happy and I'm yeah. good in that environment. But if I have to ring the phone, ring somebody up and just start talking out of nowhere, it's no good. And this all stems back to when I was about 15 and I rang a girl up to ask her to go on a date with me. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. And I'm not going to give you her name because that would be unfair. But I rang her up and I was sat in my mum and dad's bedroom on the phone upstairs. And it was back in the day when phones were, were cabled and yeah. bumped yeah. into the walls. I had to sit there. And I can remember very distinctly sitting on the floor, leaning against her bed, uh, mum and dad's bed. I rang her up and asked her if she wanted to go to the cinema. And she said yes. And I was delighted. And a couple of minutes later, she rang back. She rang back and she said, sorry, were you asking me to go with our group of friends or were you asking me to go just with you? And I said, no, just me and you. And she said, oh, no, sorry, I don't want to do that. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. And I was devastated. So, um, so it, and, and it goes all the way back to there. Before then, I was quite happy. I was quite happy to ring her up and ask her, ask her out. Yeah. And um, So, yeah, cold calling, uh, it all goes back to that phone call. So yeah, that that that's the that thing that I dislike. So yeah, it is it is the fear of rejection, isn't it? Right then, that really, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And it, and that's it's always the the line that goes with it, isn't it? But it's so true. Is the fear of rejection? Oh gosh, yeah. Well, it, it interestingly, you're the first person who's actually said cold calling when I've asked that question. Um, but I'm guessing it's probably just because they had other things before that, really, because there's so many people who don't like cold calling, isn't there? It, it's definitely some people are really great at it um and some people are just not i'm not a big fan of cold calling myself anyway uh, but so I, I i get it totally although i don't have the fear of it um that you have and i understand why you have oh bless you oh gosh okay so next question is give one piece of advice to anyone starting a business now what would that be 100 percent. you need to build a network mm. you need to build a network around yourself and I think it's key that when you build a network, it is deeper than it is wide. Some people go out there and build really, really wide networks and you can look in their phone and there's like thousands and thousands and thousands of people. But if you don't have maybe 10 to 20 people who would do absolutely anything for you, then that thousand plus people in that network are, obviously they're, they're worthy people, but that's a worthless network. Yeah. So it needs to be a really, really deep network before it's wide. Now, obviously, if you've got a thousand people who would do absolutely anything for you, then that's amazing. Yeah. But to have 10 to 20 people who would do absolutely anything for you and then build your network out from them, that would be my my one piece of advice that I would give anyone to start yeah. a business. And did you find when you started your business that, um, you know, with networking is, we all come into it at some point, don't we, when we start a business? And some people have done a lot of it before and some people haven't did you find that you know it's it's you you start to build relationships and then you you then realize actually you fine-tune it your connections a little bit yeah we start yeah, to go, go off there making lots don't we and then realize actually yeah you hone in on the people that you want around you and you know you can help them and they can help you yeah absolutely so i mean i i came to building the business as as a technician I, I i was making tv i didn't know how to run a business um so when i started the business i had to build 
a network around me that could help me grow the business. I could do all the technical things. I knew how to tell a story. I knew how to operate cameras. I knew how to run a set. I could do all of that. What I didn't know was how to bring business into the business. I didn't know how to manage the finances. I, I didn't know how to do that from a business perspective. So I had to build that network of people around me who could do that. And what you find is, yeah, you, you might, someone might pass you work, so you pass work back to them and then they let you down or you, mm-hmm. um, you find a, uh, an accountant and they turn out to be not very good. And I'm just picking on accountants as an example, might not be the accountant, but you find an accountant, they're not very good, so then you have to replace them. So yeah, you, you find that you get this big network and then not everyone works out. So yeah, it's finding those people that you can, you, you can like, know and trust and yeah. find them quite quickly. And in order for, for you to find them, you kind of have to put yourself out there a little bit because yeah. people have to like know and trust you first um, before before that's going to work the other way around, I find. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great advice. Great advice. So what about um, a great business book? Have you got one that you would recommend? Yeah. So uh, with our team, we have uh, a reading list and it has um, five or six books on it. And I think just looking at the people who've uh, who've been on your podcast before who've recommended books I think some of them have already been recommended so I'll give you I'll give you the list of, of the ones that are on our reading list and then I'll, I'll focus on the one that I would really like to recommend so um, we've got if, if Disney Ran Your Hospital by Fred Lee we've got The Jelly Effect by Andy Bounds yeah. Sales Bible by Jeffrey Gittimer How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie Selling the Invisible by Harry Beckwith and the one that I'd like to focus on which is What's Your URP by Andrew Gibson mm. um, now, Andrew talks about the fact that um, USP is what most people talk mm-hmm. about all the time, your unique selling point. Yeah. Um, what he talks about is actually nobody's really that unique. And um, when people talk about their unique selling point, it's most likely to be the same as all of your competition. It's most likely to be the same as everybody else. So it's never that unique. And secondly, nobody likes to be sold at. So why do we focus on a unique selling point? Mm-hmm. So what he talks about is the URP is your unique referral point. What can people refer you for and what is unique about it? Uh, and the, the question that he likes to teach people, and it's brilliant, and we use it in our business all the time, is uh, tell me a story about the difference that you've made to a client. Mm-hmm. And if you can ask somebody that and you can teach people the difference that you've made to one of your clients, and you asked me that before about uh, when you've made, made a real difference to your client, it's really, because it's a story and we've talked about this already, it's really memorable. Mm-hmm. People can go and share that story with lots of people. And it shows all of the things that make you unique and different compared to everybody else. So, yeah, I think the the book, that the one book, if I had to recommend all one from all of them that hasn't been recommended before, would be What's Your URP by Andrew Gibson. And I have read that, actually. Brilliant. Yes, and I read it because I listened to your podcast and listened to Andrew on it, and I was very impressed. And we caught up after that, and um, I read his book. Yeah, so I'm totally with you on that one. It's um, interesting, isn't it, how some people just have that ability to look at something in a different way to others. Yeah. And um, and when you when you actually hear it, you think that's really quite obvious, but it's that obvious, but nobody's thought of it really, have they, um, so before? Yeah. And um, yeah, he articulates it in such a great way. So yeah, totally with you on that one. A great, great recommend, definitely. Um, and I'll uh, actually be asking Andrew, maybe he'd like to be a guest on here too, which would be good to have him on. So finally then, now it's your opportunity to pay it forward and give someone a mention that's had an impact on your journey and why. 
So uh, a gentleman called Richard Cooper, uh, Richard Cooper uh, ran a business called Photoflex in Liverpool for around about 40 years. And he uh, is a friend of the family. And when I was about 15, I did my work experience with him. So I went and took some photos with him and, and did a couple of video shoots. Uh, um, we took photos of batteries and we took photos of apartments and stuff like that. And at the time, this is after I'd given up my dream of um, doing film and television. I was really focused on the science. It was just to, to kind of get out and do work experience with somebody that, that I knew. And, and it was going to be kind of a, a fun couple of weeks because you have to do it in school. I went off to uni and did all the things that we talked about before. And then when I was set, setting up the business and I didn't really know how to do it, he was the first person that I rang because he was in the industry, just retired at the time. He was in the industry. Uh, I spent a couple of weeks with him and I, I phoned him up and said, can I pop around and see you? And went and had a cup of tea in, the, in, the, in his living room. And I just said to him, what do I need to do? How, how do I run a business like you ran for all these years so successfully? Mm -hmm. What do I need to do to make my, my business uh, successful? How do I set it up? And he gave me so much advice that afternoon and actually, the first thing he said was, "You need to join BNI." Uh -huh. um, and he was he was a member of, right from the beginning of BNI set up in Merseyside, and that's been absolutely vital for me. It's been a great way for for the business to to get started and run all these years. Um, even though I have to get up at stupid o'clock in the morning to attend, <laughs> to attend the meeting, <laughs> and you know, every time I see him, he asks me how the business is. He's always been there to give me advice. Mm. and even during lockdown he's phoned me up just to see how business is going Aww. he's been able to give me recommendations and and see how things are and even though he's he's not run the business now for probably 10 years he's uh, he's always been there to yeah. to see me through and there'll be so many people in Merseyside uh, and and further afield who will know Richard uh, and will have dealt with him in the past um, so yeah a shout out to Richard for all the advice and support that he's given me over over the years getting the business set up yeah well it sounds like a very worthy shout out there so great thanks to richard what's his surname again richard cooper richard cooper okay great stuff okay so we have come to the end um of the show so um obviously i'd like to thank you for joining me and, and everybody listening here is going to be thinking how do we get hold of paul so um how are they how do they get hold of you whatever information you're going to give me anyway we'll obviously go into the episode notes so people don't have to remember it but which which is the best way to get in touch with you so you can visit the website which is weareopusmedia.com you can go onto most of the social medias um, and search we are opus media mm -hmm. and you can connect with me on linkedin Fabulous. Well, it's been really interesting. I knew it would be interesting, an interesting story. I mean, who, who better to have on as a guest than a storyteller? Um, it's always going to be interesting, isn't it? So it's been my pleasure having you on the show. And um, I personally wish you luck with the rest of your business. Thank you. And thank you very much for inviting me. It's been a pleasure to spend time with you. So here we are at the end of another great show. Thank you to our guest today. If you'd like to receive the show notes from today's episode, including all the links for our guest, then you can get in touch on Elaine at summitop.com. Perhaps you'd like to be a guest yourself on the show. So it'd be great to hear from you. And that's Elaine at summitup.com. 10 Minutes, 10 Days, 10 Actions is brought to you by Two Summit Up.
expert sales tips and advice provided in a structured, bite-sized way for only £97. Learn how to improve your processes with 10-minute podcasts provided each day for 10 days, which you can listen to from the comfort of your own home, office, or whilst out and about. For more information, visit twosummitup.co.uk forward slash 10 actions.